0: Welcome back to the bowl call fantasy football podcast and today we're this might be the most important video breakdown you watch all fantasy football season we're taking a look at players to avoid in your fantasy draft we're going round by round telling you which players we are not drafting in 2022 let your sucker league mates draft these guys stay away this is how you win i live in the negative let's do this (laughs) Shane, I don't know why, what it is about me as a person, but I live in the negative. <laughs> I'm more about who not to draft. Like, I was like, just don't draft these guys. Don't be a fucking donkey. Don't draft these guys. And I think that this type of information is the most important. It's, mm-hmm. you know, in the first round, everybody's kind of good. Second round, everybody's kind of good. Who should you avoid? Take one of the other guys. That's what we're all about this week. We're taking a look at players to avoid in each round of your fantasy draft. I've got my partner in crime here, Flex Shane. Yo, yo, yo! How's it going? And given his idea, I'm just going
1: to rip him, and then I'm going to oh, tell yeah. you.
0: <laughs> we'll
1: see. I, you, know what, you know what? My best, my favorite part of these shows, Kevin, is start of the show. We're kind of jive, and we're like, okay, hey, what about what? Who do you have? Who do you have?" It. You're like, "No, nah, that's a donkey pick. No, nah, that's a donkey pick." I'm like, I don't like that guy. You're like, "You know who I love?" I'm like, "Ah, I'm not really big on that guy." So it's going to be interesting. Yeah.
0: No. This is this is where I make my money. Knowing who not to draft every year. I Listen, I draft a lot of teams. I'm drafting best ball teams. I'm drafting everything. And the first round, everybody sounds good. We're going to round one. Everybody sounds good. Pick one. I'm going to just give it to you. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Stefan Diggs, David Cook, Najee Harris, Devonte Adams, Travis Kelsey. That's the round one players. Travis Kelsey going last in round one. Worth it. Worth it. Agreed. Jonathan Taylor going first in round one. Worth it. Cooper Cup. Love him. Justin Jefferson. Love him. Fucking elbow to fist for Justin Jefferson (laughs) this year. Doing! Justin Jefferson. So who do we avoid in round one, Shane? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. This is my pick for an avoid. I have two major avoids, some minors. But I'm going to go with my...
1: (laughs) It's hard in round one. Everybody looks good. But everybody's good. Should we preface this by saying, obviously, some of these players, you you can draft them, and they're still going to have good seasons. How we're essentially approaching this is players that we think are going to disappoint relative to how you're drafting them. In some cases, we're going to say it's a straight-out bust, avoid it like the plague. Other ones are, you're going to be a little disappointed. So why don't you get us started, Kevin?
0: Yeah. The first, and I have more than one in round one, but one player that I'm avoiding this season is Najee Harris. (gasps) <gasps> what? Najee Harris, everybody loves Najee Harris. Why? Why are we avoiding Najee Harris? Here's the thing. And I love Najee. I like him as a person. The the guy, his story is awesome. Here's the problem. Hey, I don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the Steelers this year. It could be Trubisky. Um it could be the rookie. Either way, we're going to have some sort of uh, we're we're going to have some issues potentially scoring if we're the Steelers this year, right? At the running back position, I want my my I want my players to have a lot of opportunity to score touchdowns. One of the reasons that Joe Mixon had such a great year last year isn't because he's such a great player. Matter of fact, Joe Mixon is just kind of an average running back in the NFL. I, talent-wise, he's fine. But what's special about him? Well, it's special when your team is scoring four touchdowns in a game and you're getting 30% of those touchdowns. That just gives you a chance of getting a touchdown each week. I don't think that number one, I don't think the Steelers are going to score a lot of touchdowns this season. New quarterback, um, not a very good quarterback or a rookie, either way, sketchy issues at the quarterback position. I love Najee Harris for his volume, but you can get the exact same volume from players in rounds four, five, and six. Uh, David Montgomery's hanging out, even even Zeke Elliott, a lot of these James Conner, a lot of these guys that are available multiple rounds later will give you the same amount of volume on kind of mediocre teams, the way Najee Harris will be. And here's the biggest disappointment coming for Najee Harris truthers. And I like Najee. There's no way. Ben Roethlisberger is a specialist at checkdowns to his running back. He made Le'Veon Bell a beast. He made D'Angelo Williams a beast. Like he made whoever the hell was the running back for the Steelers a beast, a PPR machine, because he's good at that. That's what what Ben Roethlisberger's skill set was. I don't think either of the quarterbacks for the Steelers now are that way. As a matter of fact, Mitch Trubisky, quite the opposite. He's no, he has no history of checking down to his running back. I think we're going to see a disappointing season. Steelers, bottom 10, maybe bottom 5 um, offensive line in the NFL as well. Harris just did not have a great yards metric last season at all. Most of his damage was done via the pass, and I just don't see it happening, Shane. I think um, you're going to be a little disappointed. Uh, do I hate Najee Harris? No, but you're going to be a little disappointed. I don't think he's going to get you the 20-plus point multiple weeks this season that you need for the guy. I need my first rounder to carry my team to a championship, not deliver Yeoman-like. You know, I think you'll get the same out of Zeke Elliott in round five that you're going to get out of Najee Harris in round one.
1: Yeah, it, dude, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, so last year he had an 86% opportunity share which was absolutely massive. You look at the top 24-odd running backs, and he was right at the top. He was ahead of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, 85. Okay? So we're talking about total opportunity share. Exactly. He was getting almost six targets every single game. I think it's madness just how many receptions he had. Let's see here. So he had 74 receptions for 467 receiving yards. The chance of him repeating that is absolutely next to none this season, because one of the reasons Trubisky was so good for the, for the DFS contest was because he loved to tuck it and run. You know, he didn't see his first uh, read and boom, he goes right. So that's definitely going to be a risk for Najee Harris. I, I agree. I agree. Um, we were talking about before the show. I'm okay. Not drafting Najee Harris here, but man, there's a lot of red flags. There's a lot of red flags. So it just really depends on your opinion of Steelers this year. But if you are in the majority and you are a smart individual, I would say buyer beware Um, a player that I did highlight that I don't, I don't love it, but it's just, it's all about where he's going. So I chose Austin Eckler as my first player to avoid in this round. And we've talked about it on previous shows, the chance of him getting close to 20 odd touchdowns in the season, even anywhere near that next season, it's going to be very slim once again. Right? So we've talked about how I feel about Isaiah Spiller. I feel like he's, he's a, a better than just a guy but he's just not borderline, just a guy, but he's going to be good enough. He's going to be better than the Justin Jacksons of the world where he's going to go. And he's going to take away possibly goal line shares, uh, goal line opportunities from Austin Eckler. So yes, Austin Eckler's probably going to see a lot of that volume through the air this year, but on the ground, he's going to take a step back. A lot of those are going to go to Isaiah Spiller and you're just going to be disappointed with Austin Eckler this year.
0: Yeah. He had 12, I believe 12 um, touchdowns on the ground. Last season and and eight of them through the air, if I'm not reversing those two. And Mm -hmm. you have to project fewer of those ground touchdowns. He specifically, this is the part with Eckler. He's a smaller back, and he specifically asked the team for relief in the the up-the-gut situations. I think Austin Eckler is still going to be a very good fantasy asset, but... Mm -hmm. You know, taking him at the top of the first round, he's going second overall in some drafts or, or, or is the second or third running back overall. I just think that's ridiculous. Like I said, that's a spot to take a, a wide receiver more often than not. Um, take take a wide receiver. You could probably get Austin Eckler production from some of the ranked 10 through 15 or 18 type running backs. You can't really find that kind of production out wide receivers later, but regression is coming. Austin Eckler had a full season where he only scored three touchdowns uh, a couple of years ago. Now, obviously the Herbert led chargers offense is fantastic and, and they're going to score a lot of times, which means Eckler will be in position to score, but it's a little bit high for me for Eckler going as the second or third running back off the board in most drafts. Uh, Man, I I would argue that Dalvin cook should be taken ahead of Austin Eckler, um, especially with a, a potentially uh, larger passing game role for Cook this year. So I'm, I'm down with that fate. Yeah, All right, there you go. Let's move on to round two. Let's it's hard to pull round one players out that are full out, full out turds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a couple though. Those, those just avoid those guys. You don't need to take yes. Naji. you just don't need to take avoid. Eckler. There are other players available. Um, but let's move on to round two mm-hmm. and the ra- round two. Starts um, according to Underdog at the moment. We're, and we're going by Underdog ADP, NFFC ADP. We'll use that as well at times. It's just one or the other. So um, using Underdog because they're drafting live. You've got CeeDee Lamb, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Mike Evans, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Debo Samuel, Mark Andrews, Tyree Kill, Leonard Fournette, T. Higgins, and Javante Williams as this second round group. Mm-hmm. Now the first player I'm avoiding, Shane. And avoiding him, it's funny to be avoiding this guy who I loaded up on last season. But this year, he becomes an avoid for me, and that's Debo Samuel. And this this pains me. This pains me. It hurts because I love Debo. That's my Mac Punk. Debo Samuel, I love him. All right? That's my Mac Punk. Here's the problem. You know, Debo scored, I believe it was 8. Six or eight touchdowns. I don't have the stat in front of me. Six or eight touchdowns running the football. He only rushed 59 times in 2021. So his, his he was scoring one out of every four or five touches of the of the football, which is fine. They needed him in close, right? Mm-hmm. There were a few games where Elijah Mitchell was hurt. They used a lot of Debo, especially around the goal line. He He brings a dynamic that's very tough to defend. But here's the problem. That was with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Number one. Number two, that was with an injury prone running back that kept getting hurt and they had no backup with Elijah Mitchell. So, what's changed this year? Number one, we've shifted to Trey Lance at quarterback. Trey Lance, you know, takes the touchdown by the goal line. Not Debo. Not a lot. Trey Lance is taking those touchdowns. He's running them in. He's doing exactly what Debo was doing. He's going to take those touchdowns away. The other negative with, with Trey Lance is passing volume. The the the, the 49ers were already a low-passing-volume team, which was fine. It's enough to support one guy, and I think Debo will do just fine in the passing game. They'll probably looking at eight or eight, nine targets a game. Fine, even in a low-passing volume. He'll be that one guy. But that doesn't justify this spot high up in the second round. Everybody's looking for those eight rushing touchdowns he got last year that allowed him to smash. They're not going to happen because Trey Lance is going to take them. Elijah Mitchell slash and David Price are there and healthy. And this and the pass volume would be even lower with Trey Lance than it was with Jimmy G. I have a feeling. Listen, Debo Samuels going ahead of Tyreek Hill. He's going ahead of T Higgins. He's going ahead of AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman. These are all players that I think will outscore Debo Samuel in on a, in PPR leagues this season. And they're going rounds later. So as much as I love Debo as a player, I love his name. I love his persona. I like the size. I like everything about him. Taking him in the second round is dangerous because he's just locked in to regressing from – you know, scoring a touchdown every four or five carries like he did last year, not going to happen again. Plus, he's told the team he doesn't like the role. He doesn't want to destroy his body running at the goal line. He doesn't want to do it. He wants to be a wide receiver. Wide receivers get paid a lot more than running backs. He's not an idiot.
1: He wants. Well, to like here's paid. the thing, right? Like you've had to have kept your head under the sand and not come up for any air for about three months. If you're going to assume that Debo's is going to walk in with an identical role to last season, he's said to the team, "I don't want to be used by it like that." So, why would we be drafting him as if he was this crazy hybrid role? And to your point, I mean, Robert Griffin III, for what it's worth, is in Trey Lance's corner. He believes that Trey's is going to take a step forward this year. Sure, that's going to be great, right? Jimmy Garoppolo was a competent quarterback, and he was. We know what he was able to do, right? So, yes, maybe there's some upside with Trey Lance, but Trey's not going to be as confident throwing the ball, right? He's going to tuck the ball and run more often. So not only is Debo not going to get those touches in the backfield, there's also going to be fewer passes this year. It's the double whammy, man. It's It's going to get smashed. So, Shane, who you got? Round two. Oh, man. This one, I got two guys, but I'm going to talk about.
0: have the balls to say the name that you want to say, because I know who you want to, I know who you want to say, and I'll support it. Have the fucking you know ball.
1: Do it. Lena there it is. Coming in at 260 pounds. worries me a ton, man. So I guess he was playing around 240 last season. Bold call. he looked big. I'm sorry. Bold call. Bold call, man. Bold call. Lena Fournette. He's going to bust this year. And that's a worry. That's a worry. Because I was on the Leonard Fournette bandwagon before he came to camp. The problem that, like, was that he, fat yeah he did Lenny. Yes, he didn't come to voluntary OTAs because the team trusted that he was at home, he was staying in shape. But instead, he was in his mom's kitchen in Louisiana, home cooking, oh, and he yeah. put on twenty Craw, pounds in crawfish, the offseason. Crawfish, oh, all kinds of crawfish, bro. Oh man, I was just down south in, in, in Baton Rouge. Oh boys, mayo. Ooh, it's so good. Everything's deep Lots fried. Pepper, man, everything's gallons of butter. And sweet sauces. Oh yeah, you know it's it's not football players. It's that saucy, it's that saucy French cooking that does this to you. It is. I know. I mean, look, look, I I don't blame the guy. You know, I I put, I was there for a week, Kevin. I swear to God, I put on five pounds. So I get it. The problem is, you're a professional athlete. He just signed a three year deal. He's making about what is it, twenty one million dollars over three years. The the team is an out after two years. The problem is, it's year one of the deal, man. $11 $11 million dead cap, it's going to be a risk. So I'm very pro-Rashad White. I was was pro-Rashad White the entire draft process. He's one of the best pass catchers in in the, the class this year for the rookies. If he can just gain that trust with Tom Brady, which is a big ask, okay? But if he can gain that trust, he'll slowly inch into Leonard Fournette's playing time. And the problem with being out of shape, man, and here's the thing. If you're not going at 100% every time you're on the field, you risk injury. Leonard Furness has been pretty healthy the last few years. But you'll remember, Kevin, the start of his career, every single year, it was something. There was something that was nagging that was taking him out of the, single, out of the game. Last couple of years, he's come in good shape. He's, he was re when he was a Buccaneer playing with Tom Brady two years ago. He looked amazing. Playoff Lenny was a great story. So um, many haters were out there. It was a great story. But now, man, he's kind of like, you know what? I'm good. I'm back to Uncle Lenny. <sighs> That's it. I'm out.
0: There's there's, there's a lot of red flags with, uh, first of all, a lot of people are touting the shit out of Leonard Fournette this year. And you'll hear a lot of spots really just touting touting him like crazy. But, mm-hmm. yeah, when you bring in not a, not a, you know, a lot of teams bring in a backup running back, and they're weird. They're undersized. It's like, he's not really a threat. What, what, what's this 195-pound guy? That's not what they brought in. Um, the Bucs brought in, uh, by metrics, one of the best all-around, and especially pass-catching running backs we've ever seen come out of uh, college football in Rashad White. I love Rashad White. i am drafting him everywhere. But here's the thing. Lenny has had some motivational issues in the past, and we've seen this with certain NFL players before. Right after they get a contract, they get paid a bunch of guaranteed money. They stop giving a shit, and it's mm-hmm. happened more than once. I mean, Jamarcus Russell just did a whole – Uh, you know, ESPN, you know, 30 for 30 about how, you know, he got paid and he doesn't give a shit. Like, you know, he's like bust, whatever. He paid me. I'm happy. Look how rich I am now. Fuck you. Right. That's what that's, that's what some of these guys have in mind. And Leonard Fournette was not an elite performer. What he did well, like he started to come around late last year and had a nice little run, but for the most part, for most of his time with the Bucks, even last season up for the first 10 weeks or so, he was just mediocre. Um, and he would do most of his damage, PPR, just catching passes. And and primarily they had to keep him in the game because Ronald Jones could not pass protect <laughs> at all. He just can't. He has no ability, he cannot remember who his read is. He's a dumbass. Sorry, mm-hmm. Ronald Jones is a fucking dumbass. He's like like he's like he's a dumb motherfucker, and he can't remember who he's supposed to block, and he misses his assignments all the time. So they can't help it. They had to keep Fat Lenny out there, and, and eventually. You know, he started catching a lot of passes. Brady started doing this check down thing. And I think there will be a lot of receptions available for Fournette. I just think in the second round, it's a lot of risk taking a shot on a guy mm-hmm. who, A, is clearly out of shape. 260, everybody's laughing off 260. Yeah, whatever. He, this guy plays at 225. He doesn't play at 2, 245. He's not, this isn't, this isn't Um, Derek Henry. This isn't even Najee Harris. This, he, this guy plays at like 225, 230, 225. So he's Apparently weighing... last season
1: it was two hundred and forty. That's what he was. That's what he, people are saying. He was his playing weight last year. Okay, run. so yeah, he was a little even higher.
0: So there he's coming into yeah. two hundred and forty, which is which is a lot. And he is a bigger guy, but nonetheless, the backup is more for me the bigger concern, right? The the mm-hmm. questionable talent, the backup situation. And again, we're not talking about Fournette in round four. I'll take my shots. You're talking about in round two ahead of a lot of really good, really elite running backs. I mean, multiple really elite running backs. So to take him here, he needs to be locked in RB1, 17 games, Tom Brady, throwing passes to him. That probably is going to happen, but there's more risk than people want to admit of this elite. Anytime you have an elite backup, that just adds an element. No one wants to believe it. Everybody's going to laugh it off like, oh, yeah, you get scared away from Lenny. I'll take him. You're not getting a bargain. You're already paying top dollar for Lenny here at the top of the second round. So, yeah, you're not getting a bargain. You're paying top dollar. I don't want to pay top dollar for something with flaws on it. It's like a little fruit with a bruise on it. You want to buy. Right. You want to go to the supermarket. You ever get you ever get the um the, the what do they call that? The honey crisp. The, the there's like a new kind of apple. It's called like a honey crisp or something. Oh, right. yeah, Yeah. And yeah. it's. It's the most expensive apple at the supermarket, right? It's like crispy. It tastes like honey. I don't fucking know, but it's you know the normal apples, and then there's the honey. They're in they're in the side. It's like four dollars a pound. There's the regular a, there's ones. They have like $2. the
1: little wrapping, don't they? have The little wrapping.
0: So, well, you go to a fancy supermarket in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. <laughs> I, I go to the regular one over here. Like they don't wrap them, right? But I don't want a bruised Honeycrisp. You know, I'm paying top dollar. I want that fucking Apple Sparkle. I want it in that little package, like. Individually I'm wrapped. It up. I want my apples individually wrapped. Somebody, I want an inspector to have checked it for bruises before I put it in the plastic. It's inspected. Lenny Fournette got a bruise on it. There's a, there's a stud waiting in the wing. A few, a few. He's got a bruise, man. That's no good. So they yes. couldn't play Ron Jones Jr. But I, they wanted to. They've been dying. They were dying to make Ron Jones Jr. a thing. He just, he's just such a dumbass. That he couldn't mm-hmm. get, it, get his shit together. All right, let's move on to round three. Let's do it. Now, here are the players from round three, all right? And this is in order. Nick Chubb, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, Josh Allen, DJ Moore, James Conner, Kyle Pitts, Alvin Kamara, Travis Etienne, Marquise Brown. Those are your players for round three. Now, here's my first player, and I'm going to throw over player number two because I'm going to argue with you on that one. But my player to avoid in round three is Nick mm. Chubb right at the top of the round. Nick Chubb. Why why is Nick Chubb being taken mm. so early? I get it. He's a good running back, but he's he's not a workhorse. He's splitting touches. He'll probably see 16-ish. To maybe 18 between 16 to 18 carries in a good game, but wait, there's a problem. Nick Chubb does his best work like when the count when when the Browns are kind of playing great defense, they're playing from ahead, they're running the football, smash, smash, smash up the middle. Kareem Hunt is back. The quarterback who knows how many games he's gonna be out for. But the first six, eight, ten games of the season under Jacoby Brissett, I just don't think that the Browns are going to be running this efficient offense, or they're going to be leading games with Jacoby mm-hmm. Brissett at the helm, like to where you could just sit back and let Nick Chubb run the football. Even in the best of situations, I'm off of Nick Chubb because he doesn't catch passes, and I need receptions. Unless you're Derrick Henry, I need receptions from my running back. Like I, unless you're Derrick Henry getting two touchdowns a game just because he fucking smash. Like I need receptions. They're bringing in Nick Chubb. They're not only bringing it in Nick Chubb to catch passes. He's really? also running on the goal line at times. So like, this is a very dangerous guy to be drafting. The upside is not there. You could get the same production from uh, he's going. Uh, Travis oh, wait, Etienne is it. in this round. Yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara way. is in this round. I don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. Like, I'd much rather have those guys in the same round, the end of it. Like, you're winning with Kamara or Travis Etienne. You're losing with Nick Chubb because he's not giving you explosive games. He'll have a couple of games, or, but he's competing. He's only getting half the touches. Nick Chubb is an easy avoid. I have zero exposure to him this year.
1: Yeah, I pretty much have zero exposure to Nick Chubb every single year. I'll be yeah, perfectly it's been, honest. It's
0: been that you. way. So who's your guy yeah. uh, in round three, Shane?
1: Well, just 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 to put a bow on your Nick Chubb thing. You know, we talk about the, the reception opportunity. So we don't really think of Derrick Henry as a as a pass catcher. He still had a 7.87 target share percentage last year on his team. Target share. Nick Chubb, 6.25%. So Nick Chubb catches less. Than King Henry, who is known for not being a pass catcher, so it's just it's it's an absolute it's just a bad idea. I wonder if you he can, can b-
0: catch, but they just don't throw to him. That's I mean, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But I like
1: doesn't matter. It wouldn't doesn't matter. shock
0: me if he he's just fine at catching passes. They just yeah, never I'm sure throw he's capable.
1: Him. They just never bloody throw. It's just brutal. The guy Weird. that I'm avoiding in this round, who's going pretty much right after Nick Chubb, it's A.J. Brown, man. The more and more I start to to evaluate the situation, the more it worries me. I mean, you look at. A.J. Brown's production numbers from last year, even versus a previous number, uh, the previous season, he received pretty much the exact same number of targets per game. The big difference was he was extremely or far more inefficient when he was actually even on the field. And so it has to be absolutely perfect. That's what we marveled about A.J. Brown. He goes from one low-passing offense to another low-passing offense. We're low on Devonta Smith for the exact same reason we're low on, on AJ Brown. Yeah. Devonta Smith way worse though. Way no, worse. he's way no no. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. But uh, you know to reiterate my point, Devonta Smith has good chemistry with Jalen Hurts, so so he's going to draw targets. He's probably going to get at least six, seven targets every single game, which is going again going to further limit AJ Brown. Like, you know where when AJ you know Brown where, was a
0: Titan. You know where Jalen Hurts ranked last season in deep ball passing
1: like dead last he's pretty close to dead last yeah i mean it's
0: basically dead last like he cannot the arm is no good my boy anthony gargano just screamed Mm -hmm. about it on the radio all year he just does not have the arm the accuracy and he never Mm -hmm. will have it like he's got he's got skills but unfortunately arm strength is not one of them and
1: that's a problem. That's more of a problem for Smith, though, than than AJ yeah. Brown. But but even AJ Brown, I mean, last year he got pretty much the exact same volume, but because he wasn't hyper efficient, instead of finishing as like a top seven to eight running or wide receiver, he finished as the RB 28 in points yeah. per game. Yeah. It's just, I mean, do we see him increasing that much this year? Not really, I right? It, so I, I see it like, getting better than 28th. Yeah, but not wide receiver eleven, man. No. Like that's—I think that's what we're, our point is—is yeah. is that you know it, it's all about what you got to pay. So it's, it's all relative to what. Well, I would much rather take Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman. Hell, I would even consider Josh Allen for that massive upside over AJ Brown. I ain't ever drafting Josh Allen in round three, so I'm probably not going to draft AJ Brown.
0: Yeah, I love Pittman. I love Mike Williams uh, this year. Uh, I, I think all of those guys. Even mm-hmm. even Marquise Brown, I think they all outscore A.J. Brown in the same round. I like that pick. He's dangerous. But A.J. Brown has a lot of upside as well. Um, you know, things can fall a certain way, but just low volume and really just a bad passing quarterback, in J- J- Jalen Hurts. As much as I love what he does for fantasy purposes, he's yeah. a terrible passing quarterback. A.J. Brown is a great player, phenomenal talent, but this might not be the year that you know he gives you top 12. Productivity, So I really like that pick um, as well in round two. All right, mm-hmm. let's move on to round four. And remember, we're talking players to avoid on in every round of the 2022 fantasy draft. This is the critical information, guys. More important than who you should draft, although we'll, we'll do that too. We talk, you know, obviously we have our rankings, but who to avoid. These are players for the most part that I have no exposure to. These are guys I just, mm-hmm. like when I see the name, I never grab them. And for better or for worse, we each have our reasons, but you know, you're you're as you're navigating the draft, these are complete avoids for me. So if you want to kind of follow and, and Shane as well. So if you kind of want to follow and draft the way that we are drafting this season and actually win your leagues, <laughs> maybe you want, maybe, maybe, maybe you want to taste winning for once. Don't make loser moves. So here we go. Round four. Here are your players from round four. All right, the top of the round, Cortland Sutton. Jalen Waddell, Terry McLaurin, Zeke Elliott, Brees Hall, Deontay Johnson, Gabe Davis, Darren Waller, Justin Herbert, Cam Akers, Jerry Judy, and Allen Robinson. I got to tell you, round four, there are landmines everywhere. This is a dangerous round. Be careful. Be careful. Round four is dangerous. I got more than one landmine in this, potentially. Uh, I mean, uh, I could talk about Terry McLaurin, although I kind of think Terry McLaurin will be all right. This is the best quarterback he's had in a while, and the guy sucks with Wentz, but it's it's an improvement. Um, We could talk about some other ones, but the first player that I'm full blast avoiding, I'm not touching this guy. And it's going to blow minds because I've been a fan of this player, and I've been singing the praises for two seasons to the point where people associate me, the geek, with this player. For, for a, an entire season of DFS, this player was known to all DFS Army subscribers as, quote, the cheat code. And the reason he was the cheat code was because he was always priced around 5500 on DraftKings. But he would get 10-plus targets every single game. He was one of the most consistent fantasy producers. I called him the cheat code. I played him in cash games every week, and no one else did. We made a ton of money for the last two years off this guy. But... Every good thing must come to an end. And for much the same reason that I'm concerned and not drafting Najee Harris, love Najee Harris, not taking him this year, love him, not taking him. The same reason I'm avoiding Deontay Johnson, Steelers wide receiver in round four. And I love, again, this is people like, wait, well, what? That's the cheat code. What are you talking about? But here's the thing about Deontay Johnson. And it's just too mysterious. He might end up being amazing. And I actually think there's potential for him to be awesome with whoever the quarterback is, Trubisky, or, or whoever it is for the Steelers. But if we look at, again, Beth, Ben Roethlisberger was a unique quarterback. He was not throwing the ball far. Deontay Johnson was catching passes five, six, seven yards out, out of the line of scrimmage for the Steelers for the last two seasons. He's been a PPR monster. He's been a guy who just... He kind of, rep- it was almost like almost like a West Coast offense type of thing where they were, instead of running the football, they just throw it four, five, six yards to Deontay. And he has a little yak ability. He might improve with a good quarterback. But the problem is, you know, I just don't believe, you know, the Steelers were throwing 40, 45 passes a game for, for the last two seasons. There was so much volume to go around. And it took all of those nine, 10, 11 targets to pull value. Out of Deontay, he would just, you know, every once in a while, he'd break 100 yards. It'd be on 12 receptions. I'm not sure yeah. we can count on it this year. And so I think there's just enough n- danger around Deontay. that I was like, you know what? I'm going to take him. Why? You know, because I'll just reach for Allen Robinson, who's going later in ADP and is in a much, much better situation with an elite quarterback on a team that's going to score a ton. So I'd rather reach for him. I'll take, I'll take Cortland Sutton. I'll take my chances with him. Uh, and, and uh, Russell Wilson, I'll uh, you know, waddle there. There are so many other wide receivers going in this round. There's one that, that we don't like, but I'm going to leave that one to you. But, but um, there's so many other good wide receivers kind of floating around the zone. I'm not taking, I have no exposure to Deontay right
1: now. It's too risky. Unmute. Yeah, man. Yeah. Deontay Johnson is a player that I'll, I'll admit I've, if, if we didn't have this quarterback uncertainty, he would be going around around the two, three turn. I think he'd draft, go here. I, I right? actually think this is where he'd be. If I actually yeah. don't think I See, like, I kind of was this comfortable is where taking he'd be. him. Yeah. I was comfortable taking him around the end of the third. So yeah, I mean, on Deontay, before. the yeah. truth the bottom line is, though, just to read your, your point, because you, you do make a lot of good points. Okay. So last year, last season, he had a 28% target share, which included almost 11 targets per game. That's absolutely. Elite. That that's, Top of the league almost after Cooper Cup, essentially, right? Um, the problem was as yards per target, 6.8 yards. Super close to the line of scrimmage. So I get it. I get it. <clears throat> There's so much uncertainty on this offense right now that round four, I mean, we are saying this is kind of a hard round to choose a guy that's going to bust because we kind of like a lot of these players in this round. So I get it with Deontay Johnson. Um, I, I'm going to go another direction, okay, because I like Deontay. He's still young. He's not even at the age apex. He's showing the ability to lead a team. Whereas Allen Robinson, and we just talked about this again on our bus show, so I, I got to stay on brand here. Allen Robinson is going at the end of the fourth round, which is not bad. And I know you totally disagree with me. I need like, my take on I ra- Alan like a, Robinson. I need a donkey sound effect for this. Yeah, kid. yeah. My take on Alan Robinson yeah. is that he's being overdrafted. He's being just overdrafted for what you're going to get. The only way that he's going to pay off what you're paying right now is if he's going to get 140 to 150 targets a game. Now, Robert Woods, a couple of years ago, did get 150 targets. But that's when Cooper Cup wasn't the Cooper Cup we know and love. So, yes, it's possible that I'm an absolute donkey here.
0: E-oh. But there's
1: so many good players in this round <laughs> that I'm totally controlled. just no. baiting Allen Robinson. Ter- terrible and, thing. Listen, when he, when he goes for 900 yards, seven touchdowns, and you're like, damn, man. Like, All right. round seven, round eight value. Bold
0: Bold bet. Bold bet. This is the bold bet, Flex. Who will outscore? You ready for this? And for our league mates and whoever else is out there to see it. Allen Robinson's currently going as WR23 off the board, right? That's his actual WR ranking. If he finishes WR22 or better, Mm -hmm. you pay the league fee for one of the leagues that we are in together. Write this down. If he finishes worse than WR23, I will pay your league fee. For one of the leagues we're in together. Boom. That Done. that's the bold bet right bold there. Bet. Robinson WR23. If he finishes better than WR23 cuz uh, this is the you know this is a a, a point of contention and I disagree. Yes. I love Allen Robinson this year. Uh I think he's in his prime, 28 years old. Didn't give a fuck anymore in Chicago, was sick of it. Matt Nagy, you know, he was over that. Terrible quarterback play last year. Another year of horrible quarterback play. I think this guy will be rejuvenated with a real National Football League quarterback um, in Matthew Stafford. Plus, the the Rams don't have anybody else. So uh, they don't have a tight end that commands targets. They don't have a running back that commands targets. Who's getting all the targets? It can't only be Cooper Cup. Al Robinson is going to smash this year. He's going to finish maybe top, I, I say top 15. Top 15. So I, I like Aaron. But one more player, though, in this round that I, I think is being overdrafted and probably the hype is too serious is Gabriel Davis. And here, here's the thing. Davis won bananas in the playoffs last year. Everybody saw it with their eyes, right? So what happens in betting? I'm going to, I'm a little betting secret, a little from the sharp at. All right, a little betting trick. You you have to always you put if you want to be a sharp better, there's only one move that you need to make that will create sharp bets for you. Fade whatever the hell happened the week before. Fade public perception. The more you fade public perception, you will skew bets in your favor over the long run. What is the public perception? Well, the public didn't watch the bills all year, or they watched some games, but everybody watched those playoff games where Gabriel Davis went absolutely bonkers, right? So now it's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest player ever. But here's the thing. You know, he's still a fourth or fifth round draft capital wide receiver. The Bills have brought in more competition. The competition is everywhere for targets. I I don't love Stefan Diggs in round one either. Other people do argue with me. I don't have any Stefan Diggs. I think he's a fine player. But here's the problem. Diggs, Davis, okay. Just two guys, no problem. But wait, Dawson Knox broke out last year. Dawson Knox legit broke out last year. They just brought in Jamison Crowder, who is an actual good NFL-wide receiver to play the slot alongside uh, Isaiah McKenzie, who's already there. And then they just drafted Jimmy Cook, um, a pass-catching running back. So we're talking five weapons, plus Josh Allen likes to take the tutties for himself. So between all of that, There's just a lot of competition for targets. I don't think any one of these guys is going to average ten plus targets a game. I don't think. I think Gabriel Davis averages six targets a game. To be quite honest, and yeah, he'll have a couple good games, but in a spot again, you're taking him ahead of. (laughs) I mean, you're taking him ahead of. Let's see, uh, uh, Allen Robinson, who's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, Taking him ahead of.
1: DK Metcalf, who you don't it like, it gets pretty bad so here. Uh, Rashad Cooks, Bateman is there. Rashad Bateman,
0: yeah. yeah well, DK Metcalf, we'll, we'll we'll get to him. Um, but but this is a pretty this is a pretty awkward zone for wide receivers in general. But I'm not comfortable going into a season with Gabriel Davis as my WR one or two. He's going off the board WR twenty. So as a WR two, I don't think he beats that ADP. I think there'll be other wide receiver. I think he's more of a, of a WR30 type to me. He'll have those big games, but I don't think it's going to be enough to justify the spot. And I don't think he's a team carrier. So I'm avoiding Gabriel Davis as well in round four. I agree 100%. Yeah. Couldn't Yeah, add more. It was beautiful. If you can avoid this group, I think you're going to be in better shape. Again, let us know who your avoids are. Who is the player that you're not touching this year? Drop a comment in the comment section here. Let us know who you're who you're not touching and why. Make sure you put why because I'll probably just call you a donkey if you just put a name in there that I don't agree with. But maybe you can convince me. And then I love that. I love being convinced of something. then I'll I'll sing your praises forever. So that's gonna do it. Bowl call, players to avoid for Flex Shane for myself. We'll see you guys next time with more bowl calls. Deuces. Deuces. I'm gonna go,